So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Oh, man. So, you know, whenever I try to do a double special, it seems like the internet just gets a mind of its own and always wants to either buff or ruin the episode that I'm recording at the time. So, in case those of you that were wondering if this is the real episode 63, well, yes it is. <laughs> because good old Comcast just loves to get all up in my business, you know, especially when I'm trying to do something. But, hey, that's what these whole retakes are all for, and hey, I don't have to go to work today or tonight, so it doesn't really matter. So let's pick it up from the top, okay? So, welcome to the J-Man Show here on G360 Radio. One in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced. Let our professional parts people test your battery for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, O'Reilly oh, Auto Parts. Uh, hey, welcome back to episode 63. Uh, I guess you could call this take two, maybe. <laughs> or whatever it takes. I, I really don't care. I'm just here to do this show for all of you out there in the J360 Legion. And, of course... I'm your host, Jay, so we're going to pick up from where we left off for a few minutes, but, you know, it seems to be that sequels and remakes and just rehashing of certain things are all the rage nowadays, and I guess because, for one thing, people focus more on the money and market appeal instead of just, you know, presenting something new, and I understand why that is, because when you put something new out there, you have to put a lot behind it to make sure that it sells and make sure people actually get it, even though that's all people have been complaining about for the longest time. And people love to complain about stuff, but on one hand, they're still so attached to nostalgia like an anchor, they won't allow themselves to open up to anything new. So, while we're in a bit of a conundrum with that sort of appeal, like I'm looking at this Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series here that they're trying to bring out later on in the year, or I think it's either later this year or it's next year. But I know that Nickelodeon is really behind this. And as they should be. They have the rights to the Turtles for like, what, the next 10 years, I would say? So, of course, they're going to try to do what they can to keep this Cash Cow franchise as a Cash Cow. Even though they should just go ahead and make that third movie like they're supposed to. You know what I mean? Like, okay, a lot of y'all complain about that. Like, they didn't look the same as they did in the 90s movie. And the 90s movie is legendary, and it always will be. And I wish that they did. I wish that they took, like, the aesthetics from that movie and they made, like, the people actually wearing the Jim Henson creature suits along with the visualizations from the modern movies. That would have been a pretty good mashup. I think so, anyway. And, as a matter of fact, we can go ahead and cut out maybe... Maybe we can cut out Ninja Turtles 2 and bring a lot of the weapon use from Ninja Turtles 3. And you have a pretty good movie there. 
Though I'm sure some of you have probably already made like the best Ninja Turtle movies you can make with the action figures alone. I know I have. But <laughs> going into it though, like I mean, you look at the way the characters are designed for these reboots, right? Like it happened with He-Man, it happened with it's gonna happen with Shira, it's gonna happen with Thundercats Roar, I think that's the one that came out that nobody really liked, because it had the art style of Steven Universe. And I gotta admit, Steven Universe is unique on its own with the way it has its style of doing things. I just don't see why every single remake of an already established cartoon has to have that certain art style to it. You know what I mean? Just just so it could be like that. Or say, well, you know, we don't really want to take it seriously. We want to make this an affectionate parody. Do you not know how many people follow the legacy of the original cartoon that you are pretty much making a derivative work from? You see what I'm saying? Now, that's where some of those hardcore fans really lose their stuff. Because they don't like seeing that whole idea. They, they don't want to see anything lighter and softer. I mean, there's a lot of division in the Batman franchise, for goodness sake, because of something like this. Like, a lot of people didn't like Brave and the Bold, but they love Batman the Animated Series. A lot of people think Batman the Animated Series is overrated, so they'll pretty much say, this this show here, Brave and the Bold, is better. Even though that the ones that are really missing out are the ones that actually like Beware the Batman, because I don't think that really had a fair shake. And sometimes that happens because certain animation series, right, they're a little bit more, you know, they're a lot more popular, and they already struck gold with it, so they're not going to waste the time to try to do anything else. And that's pretty pretty damn sad, because I know, like, how, like, sometimes the Batman franchise seems to be choking itself because the Dark Knight trilogy was so good. Well, the Dark Knight was good. Batman Begins was good, too, and Rises really depends on my mood. But, you know, that usually happens in a trilogy. It's either the third one or the second one that's kind of the weakest one. And The Matrix is guilty of this, too. But, let's stay back on topic here for as far as animated features go. Like, as I'm looking at this, I realize that they just wrapped on that... What? They just wrapped on that 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Which was really good. Like, it combined elements from the comics, a little tidbits from the movies, and it also managed to keep that tone that we love and keep family at its core. And it went on its own trail on a couple of things. Like, that was what was lovely about it. And its selling pieces was the action sequences and the 3D animation. I know there's a far cry of y'all out there that want hand-drawn animation again, and I kind of do too, but then you realize, like... The rise of technology kind of want to keep moving forward. And what's wrong with combining both sort of styles, you know? But as you look at this new series, like, I actually took the time to put my nostalgia on hold to see exactly how they're trying to sell this. And as far as I'm concerned, it, it's not bad. It's just that, you know, you look at the designs of everybody and you're like, gee, what were they trying to go for? Like, the next mutation designs? Even though, like, you know, because, like, Leo's using one sword. Everybody's pretty much distinctive in the way they are. But then you're like, why is Raphael using Tonfas? When Mike was the one that used Tonfas on the UK-British version of all the Ninja Turtles shows. Because they thought Nunchaku was the most violent weapon. And to be honest with you, as somebody who used those before, they can be pretty, pretty deadly if you don't know what you're doing. But that's any weapon. But looking into it, though, it's like... I think this series is going to do fine. I think if older fans will pretty much just not take anything from the older series that they grew up with, like, for me, example, 
my stuff was the late 80s and the 2003 and the 2012 stuff. I loved it. You know what I mean? And I followed it because, you know, I just love the Turtles. And, like, with this series here, this is something for the newer generation to look into. And in a way, you got to be thankful for this being a reboot because, hey, it's keeping the Turtles' legacy alive. They went through so many changes anyway as an IP because a long time ago, they used to be violent and willing to kill. And not only that, they were black and white at one time. And then came the point where it went to color and they all had red bandanas. And then later on, they started having different color bandanas and so on and so on and so on. And IP should be able to grow into its own. You know, you're just going to have those little bits and moments of early installment weirdness. And right now, I'm kind of seeing it with this. Like, you know, on one hand, I'm like, this isn't the Turtles I'm gro- I've grown up with. But at the same time, it's not entirely a bad thing because maybe this is for other people to enjoy. You know, like the ones that are younger than us, the kids, the market value for them. And maybe this will just help them out a little bit. At least they are getting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, whereas some franchises, because... The reboot didn't take or because people just don't want to try anymore. They just fade away and they just sit on the shelf for a long time. If anything, that kind of happened with um, Masters of the Universe for a little bit. Unless you bought the art book and everything else because people were actually interested in that series. And a lot of people kept talking about it. That's what keeps it alive. But for a long time, it didn't get a reboot of any chance. Until like, what, 2002? I want to say. You know, don't don't get mad at me if I get these years wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just trying to say this is that, you know, when we have these reboots coming into play, it really keeps the franchise going. Even though there's a chance that it could ruin a franchise at any minute because there's a storyline there that doesn't make sense, but you want to hope that some people have a breathing room when they're creating and say, "All right, well, you know, this is in line with the franchise, but this is a different take." This is like another alternative universe at best. So it just gives us a time to be creative where we're going to take bits and pieces that you're familiar with so we can go ahead and try to attempt to please, you know, at least 75% of the fan base because there's always going to be that special 25% you're just never going to get to. So, you know, like I hope to work on an established franchise sometime and pin out some scripts and get some storylines together. Now, I'm not going to do it to the point where I'm soaked into my narrative and I'll just give you a character that you really don't care about and that character has to be the focus of the whole thing because, you know, that's that's the pet project for us. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't do that sort of thing to y'all because that's just not that's not being creative. That's just being... Um, God, what do, you, what do you call it? It's, it's, it's pretty much just hijacking a franchise to sell your own piece. Kind of like what a lot of y'all think of Star Wars Episode Eight. Hey, which, by the way, Star Wars Episode Nine is filming now. And I have hope. But, you know, the fact that they say, oh, Lando Calrissian is coming back. I can just see pretty much the same thing happening to him that happened to Han Solo in Episode Seven. <laughs> you know, I, I just see it. Or whatever happened to Luke in the end of Episode Eight, because... Well, you see Luke overextending himself using the Force, but still at the same time, it's like, you know, I just wanted something a little bit better. I remember earlier when I saw the film and I liked it. I liked it visually. But when you go back to it, like the storyline was kind of whack. And even then, the whole subplot of uh, Rose and Finn, you know, it just took up too much when it should have been about more of Rey learning from Luke and them bringing Luke back. So in the end, nothing was really solved here or there. But then it also proved to you that 
there is no Last Jedi because there are still Force sensitives around. You, you know what I'm saying. But you see, and but you see, it's pretty much the aftermath behind all that stuff between the toxicity of the fan base and the arrogance and ignorance of the people that are in charge of Lucasfilms right now, including Ryan Johnson. So it's just that sort of scenario. But at least the fan base are pretty much sticking it to them because they say, you know what? We just won't go see Solo. And they didn't go see Solo. And Solo had a very low box office intake. And then they're starting to say, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe we're going to go ahead and think about this a little bit more. Uh, we got to do some damage control. Hey, uh, uh, that series they like. Because they didn't like Rebels worth the damn. Let, let's go ahead and bring it back. Uh, what was it called? Uh, um, Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, which by the way, Clone Wars is coming back. And eh, on one hand, I'm like, okay. But I kind of like the way... It originally went because you knew the far gone conclusion that that Vader was going to be born anyway. You know what I'm saying? You already knew what was going to happen. It's just that I wonder how they're going to go ahead and make this all, you know, tie together to the third movie at best. So on one hand, I'm on the fence about it. I'm like, I don't see the point. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's interesting to think about because maybe it's about Asuka Tano's um, adventure more so than Anakin's now. Let's see how she became better than what she was and how she managed to get those cool lightsabers that she had because she left the order and you know with good reason because the more and more i look at the prequels sometimes the more i start to realize that the jedi were just you know the jedi were just a circle jerk of snobs at times you know i mean like i get it the whole non-attachment thing but still you know there are people out there that kind of need that extra help and, you know, you can't just blame Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan was growing into his own anyway, and he wasn't ready to train Anakin. Not somebody that really needed him like that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard when, you, when you're in a situation like that. And if anything, he was following an oath that he gave to his master when he passed. Promise me you'll train the boy, remember? Now, I could spend the whole episode talking about Star Wars lore, and why not? It's my show. But the thing is, is that now that you're seeing it, so we got Clone Wars coming in, and we got the new sequel coming in for Episode Nine. And Episode Nine, I kind of hope that this will be the cleanup movie because it pretty much is. And it's even to the point now where, according to this article on Movie Web, they they actually have consulted with Lucas on how to do these things. Because remember, Ryan Johnson went to go ahead and do things on his own. And then there was a part where J.J. Abrams was like, "Okay, I, I listen to Lucas, but we're gonna go our own way." You know what I mean? So at least now you got J.J. Abrams here and he's kind of looking at where things are going. Got to go ahead and try to get this thing on track and give us that finale we're all looking for. Now, I'm sure some of y'all are like, you know, Jay, this is the upteenth time you talked about the Star Wars trilogy. Why do you give a damn? Okay, well, I'll tell you. You see, the thing about it is, I don't mind seeing train wrecks, y'all. But I also know that this is a franchise I grew up with. So at the same time, I want to see where it goes. Like, yeah, I didn't want a sequel trilogy, but I am invested, so I have to see where it goes from here on out. I paid ticket money to go see this stuff, you know? So, yeah, I I gotta see exactly where this goes, and if it goes up, great, but if it goes down, and it's to the point where everybody is like, Oh, sequel trilogy was wasted, I hate Disney Star Wars, SJW's ruined everything feminine, blah, 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 you know, raise a Mary Sue character with no no background to anything, and don't make any sense to me. You know, little things like that. Yeah, okay. You know, but at the same time, we all went through it together. See, the only real Star Wars movie that I technically like from this new era 
would have to be Rogue One because at least with Episode Seven, Episode Seven had so much hype, but it didn't stand on its own. It relied too heavily on what was great about the original trilogy. And then after a while, you realize, like, I think they would have had a better shot if, say, like, they made these sequel trilogies during a time where, you know, everybody was still able and adept. You know, if not a little older, because everybody ages. That's, that's something for another episode. We'll talk about people's problem with age at another time. But, you see, if, I wish they just didn't wait so long to where people are pretty much retirees now, you know? And I would like for the characters, these new characters, when people bring new characters in, they need to be able to stand on their own. I want them to kind of go through some struggles, some strife. I don't want a Mary Sue character that could just do everything at a happen chance moment. That just kind of ruins the suspense of disbelief. It's got to be somebody that you identify with, regardless of gender. You know? And why is it that Hollywood waits so long to produce these things? Uh, I apologize for that. You know, like, this stupid stuff on my phone, man, I tell ya. Anyway, going back into it. It's like, when you really think about it, it's just, come on now, get it together. Like, really, really think about where you're leading us. If you're just pretty much leading us on an island that's to nowhere, and this is just self-indulged boringness, I mean, after a while, it's just like, you know what? Thanks, you wasted my time, you wasted the studio's time, and you pretty much wasted the value of this brand because you wanted to go ahead and say, hey, I'm making a movie now, or hey, I'm making an animated series now, and all that kind of stuff. It it just doesn't help. And I always wonder why Hollywood just waits at the last minute. At the last minute... When these people are retiring from acting or moving on with their lives, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got this story now. We got this script, uh, this perfect script here. Come on back. I, we know it's just been a 10-year hiatus, but we can go ahead and get this done. And then for those of us out there, because they have the original person coming back, like, you can look at, tra- you can look at, um, I almost said Transformers, but you can look at Terminator 6. You see, like, Linda Hamilton's back, you see Arnold's back, but at the same time, you wonder, what is the story behind this? And then you look over at the Predator reboot, and you're like, oh, this is great, but I think there's, like, more aliens in the thing, too, so it's kind of like what Predators should have been. And even then, it's to the point where Shane Black is, like, cracking wise at, you know, Marvel for, like, the whole thing for Infinity War. And at the same time, he's in no position to talk crap because Iron Man 3 pretty much sucked. I don't know. See, somewhere around the second half of that film, I just got tired of it, man. I got tired of Tony's issues, and I got tired of the, who the, trying to guess who the villain was. Even though, you know, Aldrich Killian was okay, but they already had something established with the Mandarin there that was so good and just... You know, just, ugh. But we'll get into the MCU another time. <clears throat> but going back into it, you just look at these things for, like, the reboots and these 10-year sequels. Like, they got one for Robocop Returns, and you know it has nothing to do with the second one. Even though the second one, I have problems with it. But the second one wasn't that bad. The third one, however, was made for kids. I mean, you know, that, that, that one is what it is. So I don't really care about that one as much. But I know, like, um, the reboot that came out in 2014 wasn't all that bad. 
It had its moments, but it wasn't all that bad. It'll never match to what the first one was. The first one is the crown jewel. Now, this second one, like I said before, I don't really know the story behind this, but I hope that they find somebody that can actually do well as Peter Weller did. Because I don't think Peter Weller is going to go back underneath all that stuff to be ready to be RoboCop again. You see what I'm saying? Buckaroo Banzai is out there trying to save the world and do documentaries on, you know, the importance of taking care of the groundwater that we, we use to survive and do everything with. He's not worried about RoboCop right now. So I kind of wonder who's going to be the one under the cap. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it, it is a valued franchise though, but it's w- went into weird directions over time. Like even with the TV series, with the two animated series, even though the one animated series that came out in the 80s was decent. It lasted for 10 episodes, but it was decent. And it was on the hype of the first movie. So you really didn't have to worry about all that extra crap. And then, you know, moving on forward, like, Alpha Commando just was like, RoboCop meets Inspector Gadget, and it just wasn't cool. Wasn't cool at all. (sighs) But, you know, sometimes you gotta give them credibility. At least they want to do these films. Like, the Indiana Jones 5, for instance. Like, Harrison Ford is trying to be Indiana Jones again. Even though we all know Crystal Skull wasn't that damn good either. Like, it had its moments and it was on its way. But once again, by that second half, or whenever Shia LaBeouf opened his mouth, you're just like, God, can't, can't they just kill him off in a way? And then you find it that he's Indy's son. And then you're like, ah, shh. Trying not to cuss. But yeah, that, that movie was just whatever. See, a lot of people have problems with the nuke fridge and the idea that, that there's aliens that exist in the Indiana Jones franchise because, yeah, what happened happened. But I think personally, like, there's a lot of people out there who could wear the Indiana Jones hat and be Indiana Jones, you know? A lot of people out there, like, sure, Harrison Ford will always be the icon. He always will be. Nobody's never going to take it from him. But there's a lot of people out there who could actually do the role and given the right circumstances in the script, I'm sure they could do a pretty good job. And it could establish another play form in an overall franchise. I mean, James Bond's been doing it for a long time. And, you know, it's to the point where you see, like, certain continuity doesn't play anywhere. Oh, which, by the way, I think Henry Cavell is saying that Mission Impossible, the latest one that came out, is actually a good stepping stone for him to play James Bond. And if he gets the role, I think he could do it. But at the same time, I'm looking over at the DCEU franchise, and I'm like, well, y'all better get on the ball and go ahead and make some more Superman movies before he just hightails out of there. You're going to be missing some people. It's just it's just like, come on now, pace this stuff out. Because a job's a job, and there's a lot of actors out there that are looking for that one good film to get where they need to be, or that one good voice acting project that'll lead them somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And it's not saying that, oh, well, I believe that you don't have to do any of this stuff. I don't believe that you need to reboot this. Um, You need to have a new IP. You need to have new this, you need to new, 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 new. How much is too much new till it's unfamiliar to you that you don't want to deal with it? You see what I'm saying? If it's something unfamiliar to you, and you're not as curious as you think you are, and you're not going to partake into those news, you might want to be quiet. 
you might want to understand that the idea that we have a lot of reboots, 10-year sequels, and just remakes galore is because of people in general. People in general don't want to take time for something new and stuff like that. They want to go ahead and delve into something they're familiar with. Everybody has something to say, like, when it comes to, oh, well, they're redoing this. Well, um, I feel as though that I like the older one. And if the older actor is dead and can't come back to perform, well, I think they should stop doing it. And it's like that all the time. I mean, I've made many episodes where I talk about like how reboots cheapen the deal, but I also take the time to say, you know what, I know why they exist. That's because us. Yep, you, me, and everybody else out there, because we all have a franchise that we defend velmingly. To the point that if anything is wrong, like the fabric of the costume that the superhero is wearing, oh, we're going to go ape, aren't we? We're going to go ahead and say a lot of things that don't make any sense, and we're going to go ahead and put out our venomous threats out there to the creators because, hey, they're only doing their job, and it's still somebody's paycheck, but at the same time, you know, something we valued sacred has been thrown to the wayside, you know? And it's not like they're trying to make new Coke and say that, oh, this is just as good as the other one. I mean, after all, it didn't work for the people that even tried that tactic, so why would they even go ahead and try to run it to their way, you know? And it's like, when I look at this whole thing, like, you tell me that Spider-Man's changing his costume again. Well, it's happened many a time, it's not gonna hurt me. Or, like, you look at, like, how the new direction for the writing of a another comic arc is going... And then, like, you know, he makes a deal with the devil to annul his marriage just to save his aunt's life. Which, in general, is pretty much just, like, it's whatever at this point, because I really didn't like the run. So I can go ahead and just read all the old comics I want to, but I have to look at that anyway to know what's going on. And then I realize, hey, you know what, they're going to reboot this stuff anyway. So nothing ever lasts. So that's kind of a good thing about a reboot. A reboot just comes in, retcons things, and then there comes another reboot every so often to retcon that too. And that's just the way it goes. But it gives us all something to talk about, right? Like, we'll look at the negative appeal of all these IPs that are around us. Some of these things we're so comfortable with, because a lot of y'all don't want Chris Evans to leave from being Captain America, but he's ready to move on to other things. Now, granted, if the money comes in and they want to talk to him, say, hey, you know what, let's work out a plan for one more movie. One more movie, you think he'll probably take it? Really depends. But at the same time, you know, if we find somebody that's similar to him that could play the role and take it over for him and probably do, dare I say, as good a job as he did, you see, would you guys be receptive to that? Would you guys be open to any sort of thing regarding that sort of scenario? Like recasting in general, are are any of you even open to that idea? Evidently not. Because you're afraid of new stuff. Because even if something new is there and it's enticing and you might want to give it a chance or you always talk about how how we can have some new stuff. I, I, there needs to be a new IP, but you didn't partake of that new IP? Well, then you were just blowing smoke, weren't you? Just saying things just to go ahead and make your voice be heard, but you didn't have any sort of credibility behind it. And I'm not saying that everybody around here is guilty of this, but a lot of us have played this role before. 
or we said we wanted new stuff and we didn't you know invest in that new stuff where we wanted this new storyline to take place or we wanted this new character here to step up but you know we just didn't get behind it because it wasn't something we were familiar with there's a lot of dragon ball z fans out there that say the same thing like they're not behind dragon ball super because of the way things have changed but the changes were necessary and I don't care what a lot of y'all say. Y'all can sit down on the sidelines if you want to. But Broly is now canon, and I'm going to take that. I'm okay with that. When that movie comes out, shoot, I'll probably go see it twice. I'll pay the first time, but I don't know about the second one. I worked there then. But you see, the thing about it is, <laughs> you know, it's just simple as that. You got to be open to these things. Because, you know, sometimes creating new, creating new, creating new is great. It's possible. But you see, when you have sometimes a reboot and a remake and stuff like that, when they start coming together with those things, that's somebody's job. That's somebody that's actually taking the ranks to do this kind of stuff because, hey, you know what? This is their job. They're hired by the studio to go ahead and do something. And then they're going to give it to you a little differently because, hey, they got to put their own take in it too because they can't just take the name and just do everything all over again. Otherwise, we're going to be monotonous. And a lot of y'all have finally saw the thin lining of what monotonous is. And it's not good. It's not beneficial. It's like, say like if I gave you an episode of the J-Man show, where I pretty much outlined the finer points of something, and then I gave it to you again next week, and next week, and next week. Yeah, you'll get bored and tired of me, won't you? See what I'm saying? But if I go ahead and I just, you know, like find somebody to be my successor and I'll be like, all right, you know, you go ahead and you do it, but I want you to do it in your way and give it to them. But good. You see what I'm saying? It kind of works out like that. And it's something interesting. It's something new for you. So you kind of get what you want, but you get some familiarity to it, too. And this show is always in a state of flux because I didn't even think that I was going to go ahead and do a double special for you all. And I was going to do both episodes back to back to back and i even gave you a blooper so you know what as far as i'm concerned once i see that whole thing again after i'm done recording this i'm gonna put blooper up there and you know y'all can have that that's just pretty funny i just hope that it doesn't sound like crap you know but yeah as i look at the news and see like all these things like some people are mad like they they're like hollywood's that idea they need to do this and stuff like i always say well okay Where's your script at? Where's your treatment? Where's your idea of this something new? No, 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 no. Don't get defended. Don't get defensive. Because you see, the thing about it is you sitting here right now, all uptight and all in arms, instead of just saying, you know what? I could be that next writer. I could be that next creator. I could be the one to actually pull us out of the drought that we all think we're in. You know? Because it's easy to complain. And if you are going to do a reboot of something, and if it's going to be a lighter and softer take, just own up to it and say it. it's going to be a lighter and softer take. It wasn't made for you in the first place. You know what I mean? It was made for those that were actually looking to see something different under the same mantle. And reboots have existed long before we started actually acknowledging what they are. And they're going to continue to come in. So pretty much... You either just accept it, shrug your shoulders, 
say what you need to say about it, and carry on, or forever just sit there out on that lump with that same old stuff that you had that you can watch over and over again, but totally miss the whole point of what surrounded you. Because some of them reboots, despite their flaws, are pretty good. Unless you're Total Recall. But, hey, that's all I have for you on episode 63, though. I know that this will seem to be more of a ramble episode, but you know what? It's kind of true. You know, like all that stuff that we all go through day by day in our media consumption, it seems like it's similar to something else, or it seems like that they're remaking something that we hold dear. Instead of just being all in arms about it, let's just hear them out. Let's just see what they do, and then let's give them our feedback, and then let's just go ahead and work on some diplomacy intact. But we don't live in that kind of generation anymore, do we? So, you know, there's high hopes for this society, but at the same time, we're going to go ahead and mess ourselves up before we get there, right? Right. But, yep, that ends the double special that came up for this week, y'all. And I'm J-Man, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for right quick. But remember, if you ever want to be on a J-Man show episode, you know, just drop me an email, j360productions at outlook.com, or send me something on Twitter at j360productions. I'm more than I'm more than open enough to talk to all of you about anything that you want. And, you know, if you want to do a spotlight or a crossover app, just, hey, go ahead and announce it. But I got to get going, all right? So you all take care of yourselves. Until next time, episode 64 is going to drop next Wednesday. I'm going to be sure of it because I got the notes for it right here. <laughs> so until then, y'all, this is Jay signing off. <laughs>